Welcome to Digital Hospitality. I am your host, Sean Walchef. This is my co-host today. You might know him as Sam, the cooking guy. Sam, the cooking guy. <laughs> yes, I'm only kidding. I was just, I didn't know. I was trying to think of something funny to say. Oh, you... It didn't come out, so. Uh, so we're in full transparency. We're going to give you guys a little bit of a behind the scenes. Today, we did a demonstration. Sam made toast for the company. Toast, toast, which is our point of sale, which is our point of sale company. But I didn't use a toaster, and I didn't make like regular toast. We did, Why? we did because I'm pretty certain they know how to make toast. Why show somebody something they already know how to make? Like me coming over and showing you how to make. Well, you don't actually make barbecue, so maybe that was a bad <laughs> example. But you get it. Well, nonetheless, we got uh, to have an incredible conversation with the CEO, Chris Comparado of Toast, an incredible company. We have Toast at our restaurant at Cali Barbecue. We have Toast at our restaurant, uh, Gray's, Eats by Sam, and Not Not Tacos. So we hope that you enjoy the episode. Let us know what you think. Um, we talk about technology. We talk about digital storytelling. We talk about not sucking. What else? Toast. Toast. We talk about toast. You got to yeah. give people something that they can do. Conquer. And your make. new TikTok channel. And my new TikTok channel, yeah. His new Toast TikTok channel. That's it. Enjoy the episode. Toasters, hope you're having a great day and uh, what a kickoff. Um, I have some very special guests with us today. Two of our favorite customers joining us from the West Coast. We have Sam, the cooking guy, Zian, who has taken home 15 Emmys for his cooking channels is the owner of several restaurant concepts in the San Diego area, is a customer as well, um, and is joined by Sean Walchef, the owner of Cali Barbecue and Cali Barbecue Media, where he hosts the small business-focused podcast, Digital Hospitality. Sam and Sean, we're so excited to have you with us. Thanks for being here today, and it's great to see you both. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, you for, you thank you for out, having us. You left out one thing about uh, Sean's <laughs> company name. It's not Cali Barbecue. It's Cali Comfort Barbecue, which we, we did a re ridiculous, but it's a real name. So we did a rebrand. So we actually are Cali Barbecue. After all the shit I gave After you. After all the shit you gave me. I, I said it to do sounded a like a uh, mattress company. <laughs> Cali Comfort. Doesn't that sound like mattresses? Get, get your barbecue and just take a nap. I didn't know that he'd rebranded. We rebranded. You did. You, you you introduced us properly. I appreciate that. Thanks, Chris. Well, you left off my two and a half million subscribers on YouTube, but that's <laughs> all right. Wait all right, all right. But I got the Emmys in there. <laughs> this is true. That's true. So, Sam, I understand that while we're chatting today, this is going to be a unique uh, customer uh, panel and interview. You have a little something special that you're going to whip up for us toasters. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so uh, we thought it would be fun to make some form of toast. I have five different toasts we're making. The best part of it is I'm not using a toaster at all. Uh, I'm going to do everything on a flat griddle here. There will be different versions that will come out, and hopefully things that people uh, don't know and then will watch and go, oh, crap, I'd, I'd like to try that. So I will start now. I have to make five in the next half an hour, so about one every five minutes. It's totally doable. I'm prepped. I'm ready. Let's start some conversation, and then we'll just have some fun. All right, and, and Sean, you're going to coach him a little bit? You're going to sort of critique, coach, and taste? Yes. No, 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 no. Yes. He might critique. He can't coach. He doesn't really cook. <laughs> yes, he owns a barbecue <laughs> restaurant, but ask who's behind all those big smokers, 
And it won't this, be him. This is the truth. This is the truth. So Dana, Dana White doesn't fight in the octagon and Jerry and Jerry Jones doesn't throw footballs. So we, we all play our part in the hospitality business. I know where my space is and his space is there. My space is more over here in the digital hospitality realm. Awesome. Well, listen, I'm going to stay away from the cooking and I'm just going to tee up some good questions and, and let you guys go. So let's let's kick this off. Why don't um, why don't each of you tell us a little bit about your jo- journey becoming restaurateurs? You know, one thing that's super interesting is that, you know, you guys got your start in hospitality um, years ago, but then certainly went through different times of uncertainty and the economic downturn uh, in 2008. So why don't we go each telling us a little bit about the journey and, and we'll start there. So you want uh, to start? Why don't you jump in. I'll, I'll, I'll start just because uh, I'm working on the easiest toast right now and it will give me a second. So I've been uh, cooking on television for almost uh, 18 years, uh, looked at some restaurant locations and uh, there was always something wrong with them. Uh, I thought too big, too small, you know, that kind of thing. And eventually uh I came to the conclusion that what was wrong wasn't the locations, but it was me because I knew I didn't know how to open a restaurant or run a restaurant. The reality of, of the, the, I could cook on television, I can cook on YouTube, but that doesn't mean that I can run a restaurant. And so I now have partners that know how to run restaurants. And they came and they said, look, what if we do this? What if you do what you do best? You can be the brand, you can be the influence, you can be the you can be all the food, but we will be the people responsible for opening up in the morning and figuring out how to make tacos for a lot of people or burgers or that kind of stuff. And it's been a great relationship. Uh, honestly, uh, the message here for me to anybody that's listening is know what you do well. Don't try to do something you can't. I think people run into trouble when they try and do things that they are not really supposed to be doing. And I know I literally running a restaurant is not my forte. It's not what I'd be good at. I would run it into the ground. And so I'm the inspiration, the face, the brand, the food, my partners handle that part. So for me, it was easy. Sean's story is a little different. Yeah, I I grew up uh, when I was 13 years old, bussing tables and washing dishes in my grandfather's restaurant. He was from uh, Bulgaria and he believed that it was important to to teach to teach somebody how to work. And I I absolutely hated it. I mean, it was uh, something where, you know, I was lucky to grow up in La Jolla, a very privileged part of uh, San Diego in the world. And all my friends, they were all playing sports on the weekends and, uh, you know, hanging out, definitely not working um, in the hospitality space, washing washing dishes and bussing tables. But um, lo and behold, after college, after getting fail, failing, getting into law school, three failed uh, attempts, all schools here in San Diego, um, I had an opportunity to take over that exist that same restaurant that I grew up bussing tables in. And um, me and one of my best friends from college, uh, we decided to take a full liquor license and put a uh, sports bar into a part of San Diego that was an underserved part of the community. Uh, you know, they tell you location, location, location. And the location that we picked had so many different challenges. Plus, we opened in 2008, the height of the economic recession. So, um, you know, we really cut our teeth and 
12 years later, we've become a barbecue media company. You know, anybody doing barbecue in San Diego is laughable when you go to Kansas City Barbecue Society or National Barbecue Association and you talk about the barbecue meccas of the nation. Uh, but we learned how to do it the right way. You know, we had mentors. My mentor was Gene Goykachea. He taught us, you know, kind of what Sam said, you got to know what you don't know. And we knew that we needed a specialty and that specialty was barbecue, but I wasn't going to be the one, you know, the pit master behind the scenes, but I was going to find somebody that was going to help bring on this culture. And then we became a media company. Um, that was around 2017 where we started publishing podcasts. Sam and I started our friendship. I had him on uh, Behind the Smoke, which was what digital hospitality was before. And I asked him if he was going to be opening up a restaurant. He said there was no chance. <laughs> so now I've had him on the podcast, I believe, four times. We've had him on the podcast. He has, I think, four restaurants. So he's by far surpassed how many restaurants we've opened. Uh, but we're hoping to catch up to catch up with them with some of our ghost locations. So let's we'll make a little list as we go things to know in the entrepreneurial world. Uh, don't do what you can't do. Find people to do that. <laughs> and clearly never say never. Yes. Never say never. Never. Not in the media. I had absolutely no intention of opening a restaurant. And now I'm happy, but it works for me because of the relationship that I have. How do you guys split your time? Sam, tell me a little bit like you're you're doing the YouTube channel. Yeah. You know, how, how do you sort of split up your time between the restaurants and YouTube? And then Sean, the same thing for you between the restaurant and the um, sort of the media. Um, how do you guys uh, juggle your time? You know, I've always said one of the things I like most about what I get to do is every day is different. This stuff we're doing now is different than it was yesterday. We shoot YouTube three times a week. I fill in restaurant stuff uh, the other parts of the week. Uh, because I'm not there running the restaurant doesn't mean I don't go. I try to go. I try to be as a kissing baby, shaking hands, saying hello, because that part is really important. We all know the restaurant world uh, has this term of touching tables. And while in the age of COVID, it's not quite the same as it was when everybody was inside your restaurant, People still come to the locations. They want to see you. They want to say hello. And I have the, you know, the advantage of having a huge audience on YouTube. So people will come and 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 say hello and they'll want to say hello, get a book signed or whatever. So I try to do as much of that as I can. And then figuring out new food. I'm writing my fifth cookbook now that I shouldn't be here. I should be home writing it. <laughs> it's due to my publisher at the end of uh, July. But but you know what? It's that thing, the the more you have to do, you you can find it. I, I don't have a good analogy. If you had a one gallon uh, jug, you can put in more than a gallon's worth of water. You just have to you just have to figure out how to do that, and it, it actually works out. Awesome. And then Sean, how do you split up your time? Yeah, I mean, I think the most important thing is just being mission driven and knowing that we have a deeper purpose. You know, we are just a single unit barbecue restaurant. We're hoping to open up our ghost kitchen. It was supposed to be three months ago, hopefully in two weeks. Um, but we all know how opening a restaurant goes. And, you know, we plan on opening 10 more ghost kitchens. We call them friendly ghosts here in San Diego. But, you know, focusing on working on the business and not in the business, I think it's one of the hardest things that I had to learn along the way. Like I said, I didn't know how to do barbecue. I reached out to some 
somebody that knew how to do it and brought them in. Um, you know, my general manager, Eric, he's been my right hand. He's kind of the yin to my yang. So he's the one driving the financials, driving the operations. And he allows me to go out and have the time to focus on podcast content creation, digital storytelling, and teaching other restaurant owners that if, if a small single unit barbecue restaurant in Spring Valley, San Diego can, you know, do all these incredible things, so can they. I'm going to interrupt for one second and yeah. uh, debut our first toast. Okay. Which is right here. I'm going to put them all on this platter if I can fit them. So I'll show the camera. First one the is overhead view. Captain Crunch French toast. So you literally make French toast just like you would, but at the last minute, you dip it into this severely crushed up Captain Crunch cereal. And Captain then you just Crunch like French toast. And it adds the sweet, but it also adds it adds a little bit of crunch and some straight deliciousness to the whole thing. That's fantastic. It's really good. All right, toasters. Captain Crunch French toast. Change it up, ladies and gentlemen. You'll be glad that you did. Um, my kids are going to love that. All right, so let's switch gears a little bit. We're, we're talking about time. You know, 2020 was... Um, an enormously difficult year for all of us. Um, it forced us all to sort of adapt and pivot and get creative. So why don't we jump off of that a little bit and talk a little bit about some examples where you guys have had to get a little bit creative. You know, when, when COVID hit, you know, last March, obviously things took a big turn. So tell us a little bit about um, any ideas or lessons learned or um, moves that you made to pivot and get a little bit creative on how to navigate 2020. Yeah, one of the most important things for us was understanding that if we really are a digital first restaurant, uh, March 17th, I laid off 29 employees, uh, which was more than half of our staff, uh, servers, bartenders, hosts. Uh, we kept the heart of the house, but there's never been a harder day in my career than laying off those, those team members who are family. I mean, we hire for hospitality and letting them know that, you know, Currently, we just couldn't bring them on, but we were going to fight like hell to keep our business going and to evolve into this digital first restaurant and, you know, bringing on more third parties. So we were with DoorDash exclusively. We brought on Uber Eats. We brought on Grubhub. We brought on Otter to integrate all of those. But then the biggest thing was, you know, I'm not just saying this because this is a toast call, but really the biggest thing was understanding our point of sale system and what was Aloha doing for us and what did we need? You know, we're so big on owning your website and controlling the content and the content that you produce for social media should go on your website first and then distribute it to Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. But if you don't control your, your website, you don't control anything. So who is going to help us with online ordering? And the more that we did the research, the more that Toast was the obvious answer. I mean, we integrated Toast. We went live actually on September 11th um, during COVID. And, you know, I, I shared with you on a call, a, a call before this, but, you know, getting customer relation tools where we're able to actually understand the data and understand these are the customers that are spending money. It's a different than somebody that's following you on Facebook or somebody that's following you on Twitter. That's great. But these people actually spent money in our four walls and we've spent 13 years building an email list and that email list got to 8,500, which isn't a lot, but it's also not a little, you know, we have an in great engagement rate, but since we brought on toast, literally we've gotten an additional 3,500 and we're talking about, you know, five months. So yes. 
John, you know, we would have hundreds of thousands of emails had we had that technology before. And that's why we're as excited as we are about, you know, the next digital wave of what's happening for hospitality. Yeah, Sean, if you were to compare the business today to the business a year ago in terms of same store sales or order volume, you know, are, are you are, are you up? Are you down? Are you even? Tell us a little bit about what that um, what that's looked like. So we're we're doing 50% of the revenue that we did pre-COVID, but we're a full service restaurant and sports bar. But what we are doing is we're three times more profitable. Wow. So our labor cost has reduced significantly. Our food cost is down by six points. And that's all not just because of technology, but because we've optimized and simplified. So we figured out what do we do best? We got rid of breakfast on Saturday and Sunday, even though we were built on breakfast and we focused just on barbecue. So we really simplified our menu to basically the in and out of barbecue. Let's focus on those things, do them the best, but then utilize technology to help get customers what they want when they want it. You know, that's part of the, the problem is discriminating how people get our barbecue. You know, we're, we have one location now. Obviously, we'll have 10 in San Diego County. It'll be much easier for us to get barbecue to other people. But making somebody drive 45 minutes across the county and then wait an hour in line to get some brisket, our job is to use technology, use things that Toast offers as well as other technologies to get people barbecue when they want it. Awesome. Uh, before we switch to Sam, Sam, I know you're firing up. Uh, I don't know what you're firing up there. It looks really good. But Thanks. before we switch, tell us a little bit about the Ghost, um, the Ghost Kitchen initiative you've got going, Sean. You mentioned you're going to spin up some. Um, some kitchen concepts. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So the ghost kitchen we're opening, it's part of another 20 ghosts. Um, so we're going to be part of a hub, essentially a virtual food court. Um, it'll be for pickup and delivery. It's 200 square feet, um, but we're going to be doing all of our smoking in our original restaurant location. We're going to repurpose about 60% of the dining to build a master smokehouse and media center. So we'll be able to service all the 10 ghosts. We call them friendly ghosts because we're going to share the story of how the barbecue gets to where it goes. Um, and no matter where we opened up those ghosts, we're going to be part of the community. So we're going to treat it just as if we opened up a full service restaurant. And I think that's important because this is the great gold rush for ghost kitchens, virtual kitchens. And a part of it is if you don't have a heart, behind that brand, then it's going to be very hard to stay in business. It's fine to sell something once, but we all know in the restaurant that in order to be successful, you have to take care of your regulars. Yeah, no, totally makes sense. So, so speaking gonna, of, let me cut in for a second. I'm going to show you two toasts while, while we're here because the last two are the most complicated ones and then we can chat. So right here, this is the only avocado toast in the mix today and there needed to be one. This is avocado I've got uh, locks uh, ripped up in little pieces on top, little tiny, finely chopped up red onion, and I'm going to use everything bagel seasoning just to finish it off. It'll just give that little crunch from the little garlic pieces on that. It's going to be really fantastic. Okay, wait. The other one that we have is right here, and this is going to be a mushroom one. So this is just a little piece of baguette that I've brushed with, let me show you, some roasted garlic. A head of garlic, the top chopped off to expose all the cloves, a little olive oil on top, wrap it in foil, put it in the oven at 400 for 45 minutes or an hour. The cloves squeeze out. It's sweet. It's delicious. It's amazing. But what we'll do now is we're now going to put some of these uh, beautifully softened shiitake mushrooms right on top of it. It's my favorite thing to do. I love mushroom toast. And shiitakes speak to me 
they're uh, they're they're just so delicious and tender. My favorite mushroom of all time. So we'll get these beautifully on here. They've been softened with a little vermouth in the pan. I've given them a little kosher salt and pepper, a little um, a parsley, and we'll finish this off while it's still warm with a little good Parmesan cheese, just grated over the top. Just like that. There you go. So three toasts. We got uh, we got two more coming. We're doing fine, Sean. Yeah. So you you should have done ten toasts. I should have done. I wanted to do ten, <laughs> and Sean talked me off the ledge, which honestly was a very bright thing to do. Yeah. It, it would have been just mental. Well, I hope Sean and the crew are uh, hungry. It sounds fantastic. You know what I loved about that? I loved the everything spice, the everything bagel spice that you threw yeah. on that. Like that's a yeah, that's a nice move. It goes on anything. I mean, throw a half a teaspoon of it into scrambled eggs in the morning. It's it's that's it what I do. It's beyond what you normally would expect it to do for you. It doesn't have to be uh, on a bagel, you know, or that kind of thing. Awesome. So, so Sam, tell us a little bit about 2020 and any pivots or creative moves that you've had to make, whether it's, um, you know, with your YouTube audience or whether it's with your restaurants. Tell us a little yeah. bit about your experience. You know, we swell. Uh, speaking of YouTube, we started the beginning of the pandemic off by doing sort of lockdown kind of food. What you could do if you only had certain things in your pantry. What could you do with the tuna and that kind of stuff? And that was okay. We did, I don't know, half a dozen of those shows. And then we looked at each other and we, as our, our very small crew, there's three of us, we said, yeah, this probably seems right, but do we need to focus on the fact that we're locked away at home? No. Sean and I were talking about the success of Martha Stewart way back in the day when she first started. And nobody would have imagined that her making super fancy desserts and flower vase arrangements and stuff would appeal to, to you know, mostly women in the Midwest, 80 feet of snow outside in a you know 250 square foot studio apartment. But you don't just watch things on YouTube or television if you need to know how to do something you want a little bit of an escape you want to see what's possible and finally one day we said screw it let's just go back to doing what we do best standing here in my backyard and cooking so we did that we were very happy about the change youtube was affected only in a very positive way the numbers went up we hit a we hit two and a half million subscribers uh middle of last year we're tracking to be somewhere at three million in the middle of this year so that's all good people want to cook they're at home that's been good same thing though for restaurants we experienced that sean did we had to lay people off and that was it is absolutely heartbreaking it's nothing anybody wants to do but it is the reality of it because if we don't save ourselves a little bit as we go then we lose everything and then those people have no jobs to come back to and i think we all understand that but we had to make some pivots and our big pivot was really working on our third-party delivery service game because it had to be because people just weren't coming out. Certainly some were, many were still comfortable going out in public. Some of them way too comfortable going out in public. <laughs> but we won't talk about those idiots right now. We will talk about the fact that we amped up and became very aggressive in our third party delivery service stuff. And we changed our menu to make it more third party order online friendly. Because it wasn't necessarily that. 
And then everything has to change. And, and we've got a great staff and great people running the stuff. You know, I benefit because people look at me and go, oh, you're so smart. Look at all the things you did when it's people behind the scenes. But, but it is people behind the scenes at the heart of it. And you want to do everything you can to protect the little world that they live in. So when this bullshit's over, they can come back to a place rather than come back to locked doors. I think one of the important things that Sam did, we talked about it when we had him on the podcast for the Eats by Sam, one of his concepts that he opened up in the pandemic was establishing the brand identity online through toast. So what we had talked about was the recipes and his recipe book and how important it was to him with his publisher that it was Sam's voice. So it was the same voice that you heard on the YouTube channel. But what the team did at Eats by Sam, I mean, let, let, let them know of literally each menu item sounds like you're ordering from Sam. So on the back end, it sounds like Sam's joke, you know, so each time. So while you're going through that digital experience, you don't feel like you're at some stuffy place. You feel like you're hanging out cooking with Sam. That's the thing. You know what? Look, it's it's really what branding is. Um, People that want me to do things would never suggest I try to make food that I'm not capable of or be a different way. We don't want you to swear. We want you to be in a little box. You know, if by the way, you haven't Sam, you haven't sweared yet, but that's okay. We got plenty of time. (laughs) So sorry. God damn it. I don't know why I've been fucking holding back, but the point is know what you do. I don't try to make uh, a fancy foie gras truffle dishes because that's not my world. I can do that but it's not my regular everyday world. And it's certainly not the world that our, uh, my audience wants to, to play in. They, there's other people they can go for that. Sean knows what he does. I know what I do. And that's the key. Yeah. Do something and do it well. That's the way you should go about this stuff. Awesome. So we have another toast actually, if it's the right time for it. We, it? we get another toast coming. Yeah. Uh, okay. So this one, I'm a very big dim sum fan. Uh, and if you don't know dim sum, think of it essentially as, as Chinese brunch, because that's really what it is. So this one is called uh, shrimp toast. So it's a little slice of baguette, and I've uh, processed shrimp and scallop, little sesame oil, some ginger, uh, salt and pepper, and some green onion. And you spread it. You spread this gross kind of paste thing on top of a piece of baguette, scatter a few black sesame seeds on it. And then you deep fry it for about a minute and a half. And now they come out looking like these guys. And they're just beautiful. If you went to dim sum, this is absolutely something that would show up on one of the carts for you to uh, to choose. But it's just one of these great, really fun things. Sean and I had split one before we got going. And we both really like it. That's what you guys are munching on before we got started. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, toasters. We're gonna um, we're gonna be eating a lot of toast with all these ideas. I, I just, um, uh, Sam, I hope we can find these in one of your cookbooks. If not, we'll hit the YouTube channel. I know I hit the YouTube channel and checked out your breakfast burrito. You had a nice little surprise in there with the McDonald's hash browns. <laughs> my, I mean, why not? My favorite episodes. So, um, so talking about you guys mentioned third party delivery and how critical that was in 2020. Yeah. Is there anything else on the technology front? I know you're both, you know, big users of Toast, but is there anything else on the technology front where, you know, technology could play in an even bigger role to support 
hospitality, as you look out into the future, are there any other things that uh, technology partners like Toast could be doing uh, to make your lives easier and to provide an even better experience as you think about um, you know, how we're all evolving? Um, yeah, if you could figure out how to make the third-party delivery service fees less <laughs> while well, using Toast, if you could figure that one out, that would be amazing. Well, now, listen, Toast Delivery Services, when we, when we launched TDS, it was to, to really give restaurants an option and a hedge against those fees. And we're seeing more and more restaurants turn to TDS uh, to, to sort of move away from the big guys. But that's one move. But um but yeah, absolutely. We put pressure on them, but they're also partners. So yeah. it's, um, you know, it's an important play for us. Right. I get it. I get it. Man, no, I, I don't know. I, mean, I think one of the most important things that you do that separates you from so many other tech companies is having boots on the ground. I mean, having people like Will and Ali, who are our reps here, understanding, you know, I, I talk to a lot of different companies to their sales teams and their marketing teams. But one of the things as a restaurant owner, we have so many things that are on our plate that we're trying to figure out and we're not always ready for a solution but we have pain points. So when you start to listen to what our pain points, and while it might not be in Toast's realm, listening to those pain points and then giving that feedback internally to Toast, that's where a lot of the new product development obviously has come because you guys do a phenomenal job of relaying that information, knowing that it's not just me that's complaining about it. If we can fix this or we can make this improvement, then maybe we can impact all of these other restaurants and roll this out in a way that you know gives great digital hospitality. Yeah, well, Sean, we're going to pick your brain on the friendly ghosts. That's a uh, an area that we're investigating, and, and we'd love to pick your brain on that. So let's switch gears a little bit. I mean, both of you guys have really um, done a deep dive into media with your your properties and your presence on media. So maybe, Sean, we'll start a little bit with you. I'd love to hear a little bit more about um, how did Cali Barbecue Media come about, and how you know what inspired you to you know, merge your restaurant business with a media platform. Certainly it's inspiring stakeholders across the board. And, you know, Sam, you're doing that as well. But tell us a little bit about um, Cali Barbecue Media. Yeah, I mean, I think it came out of necessity. You know, we opened in 2008. So really, you know, the iPhone came out in 2007, the first iPhone. And I and I say that and I talk about it a lot because. Oh, yeah, it, you do. I talk about it all the time. I tell him all the time. But it's so important because it's it's so short of a time. I mean, we're only 14 years later and the amount of tools that a restaurant owner, a small business owner, an influencer has to use these different platforms to create media content without a middleman. You know, now you don't have to go to the local news. You don't have to go on radio. You don't have to be in the newspaper. Literally, you can use your iPhone and you can go live on any of these social platforms and get your message out. And what we learned, you know, was basically by getting ignored. You know, we were in a part of San Diego that wasn't sexy, that, you know, maybe we weren't serving the best barbecue. I thought we were doing a phenomenal job with barbecue, but we were getting ignored. So we started figuring out, well, how can we get people to start caring? And the way that we got people to start caring was by participating more, by getting outside of the four walls of our restaurant, by using social media to share what we were doing. By, I mean, we've always gotten, uh, we're always big into community involvement, but as we started doing it, as we started sharing the story, what we say is digital marketing, you have to learn how to do digital marketing to talk about your brand, to talk about yourself. When you get into digital media, now it's digital storytelling. 
Now it's not about us. It's about who did we have on as a podcast guest? What were they doing? What was fascinating about that? What's fascinating about what our partners are doing, not just for us, but for everybody else? You know, what can we do to help this charity? You know, it's one thing to donate to a charity. But if you share what you're doing, you might inspire other people to donate, which makes that impact even larger. And that's kind of uh, Cali Barbecue Media in, in an essence. What I love is that it's values oriented and mission oriented. And uh, it's not just doing good for business, but doing good for society and good, doing good for um, everybody, really. I'll just say this. Uh, it's as simple as understanding the importance of video versus yeah. just words or sounds. I used to shoot videos for Bed Bath & Beyond, and for four years, we did one video every week for them. And it was always product-related, a deep fry or a mixer, a stand, whatever, Vitamix, that kind of thing. And near the end, uh, we were always saying, why are you not taking our videos and putting them on the page where you could order this item? And I don't know why. They're a big company. They Honestly, they just couldn't get out of their own way. When they started to do that, the difference of a uh, on buy rate between someone looking at the page and looking at the page with one of our videos on it was tremendously different. It was very successful. And that's I mean, people want to see that you feel that you I, I can say some write some words. But when I share how I feel about uh, my food or a charity organization that I work with or talk about a friend. Yep. It comes out differently. You can't read emotion in words. You don't get a sense of it. And what are we trying to do? We're trying to make uh, customers really part of our family so they come back again and again. And how do you do that? This is the best way to do it. This kid's been talking about how important the cell phone is, how powerful it is, to the point where I'm honestly fucking sick of it. <laughs> but the point <laughs> remains. He's absolutely 100% right. I like to give him crap about it, but it's true. And people don't get it. They haven't gotten there yet for some reason. I'm not exactly sure why, but but one day. So, Sam, yeah. so Sam, switching to you a little bit, you've got almost 3 million subscribers to your YouTube channel. You know, what, what do you think are some of the key success factors that have made, um, you know, Sam, the cooking guy, a success? You know, share yeah. a little bit of wisdom with us. Yeah, I'll say this. I think um, I think giving them what they want is very important. We had we had thirty thousand uh, subscribers in May of 2018, so three years ago. In uh, August of 2019, we had a million. In August of 2020, we had two million. Wow. So we're we're adding this big number every year. But the difference between the 30,000 and the million is because we started taking a look at the data, who was our audience, what might they want. Up to that point, we were pretty frivolous with how we approached YouTube, which I'm embarrassed to say because we've been on YouTube uh, quite a while. But I would wake up and I go, oh, I feel like making a Caesar salad. I'd make a Caesar salad, we'd shoot it, and it would be an okay video, but uh, not that many people gave a shit about it. So now we start looking what things are popular. What is this in my data set? Two and a half million people, 80% of 85% are guys. And of that 85%, 80% of those are between 18 and 44. So these are young men often cooking by themselves. Do they want a Caesar salad with <laughs> gently shredded Parmesan swirls over the top of it? Probably not. 
You got you to gotta understand your audience and who they are and give them what they want. People open a restaurant and they, they make I don't know, lasagna or whatever, and it doesn't sell in the first week and they stop and they change it. Mm-hmm. And three weeks later, they change it to something else and two months later, they close. They haven't given it a chance and they maybe really haven't thought about giving their audience what their audience wants. Just because a certain type of restaurant works in this part of town doesn't mean you can take that exact mix and put it in that part of town and it will it will play. Doesn't work like that. So you have to think about who they are. Wait, I have one more toast. And then I'll, and then I will we'll finish with this. So this one is the last one, the most complicated. So this is, uh, and I've used the ciabatta for this. So I sauteed some spinach underneath, just a little bit of avocado oil, salt and pepper. I put some uh, prosciutto on the flat top and got a little bit crispy. But the fun part is this is a poached egg. And the the egg has been poached, cooled down, and then uh, uh, essentially uh, breaded. So it's crispy panko on the outside in the deep fryer for about a minute and uh you know 15 seconds but but wow wow and by the way nothing made with a toaster no offense i hope i didn't disappoint anybody by not using a toaster they have a lot of toast partnerships with toaster companies (laughs) wow that looks tremendous um sam have you have you done toast on your cooking show or is this is this like a first time video for toast no i haven't actually uh we're gonna shoot this um for our tiktok channel right after perfect tiktok my my daughters wanted to know if you were on tiktok we are on tiktok absolutely fantastic and you haven't been on long but we're there and uh and it makes we put some video up of two two and a half million already on on a perfect three or four days on on your tiktok famous well not yet no All right. So let's switch gears a little bit. Um, you know, we, we've talked a lot about um, sort of uh, 2020. We've talked about teamwork. We've talked about the business. We've talked about media. Let's switch gears and talk a little bit about, um, you know, how to do good for our communities. And Sean, you were talking about this a little bit earlier. So I thought we'd spend a couple of minutes talking about um, what you guys are doing to, to sort of give back, because I think that's something that's um, part of your missions and part of Toast mission, which is to give back more. So Sean, maybe tell us a little bit about the Spreading Kindness campaign that you guys have launched and anything else that you're doing. And then Sam, I know that you've got a few organizations that you're involved in. Um, By the way, we're gonna participate and help out those organizations. Thank you, very very generous, thank you. But, uh, But Sean, maybe we'll start with you a little bit. Tell us a little bit about Spreading Kindness. Sure. So I I have a business mentor uh, by the name of David Meltzer, and he uh, at the end of the year, he challenged all of his mentees to go out and spread kindness and to do a video. And, you know, something for us, our mission always as a restaurant is how can we give back? I mean, the amount of people and organizations that we've helped on micro levels, you know, by by no means, you know, so we're one we're one restaurant. Obviously, we'd love to give as much as we can. But every time a charity came by, whether it was for breast cancer, Alzheimer's, the local fire department, the local church, we always did whatever we could to 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 do our part, whether it was a gift card, whether it was a donation. But the most powerful thing is always showing up. So it's one thing to give a gift card. It's another thing when someone says, can you come to my event and bring food and participate? Because once you go and you participate, then you start to understand what is the mission? What are they trying to accomplish? What's the village? What's the impact that you can make? And you know, as we started participating in events and organizing events for ourselves, we really wanted to figure out 
how can we continue to do this and how do we make this a way of life? This spreading kindness challenge, it was an easy opportunity for us, you know, at Christmas time to go and do something nice for somebody that was under, under unappreciated. And I talked to my wife. Uh, my wife said that she had just talked to our postman and he was telling us that he was on a 14 hour shift. You know, he didn't get time to um, have a lunch break, but he was trying to get all this packaging. You know, a lot of people are staying at home. They're buying things online. Um, this is also around election time. So she said, why don't we do something nice for the post office? Go bring barbecue and feed the local post office. Um, and I did what my mentor teaches me is just ask for help. So it wasn't just us. It was asked another restaurant owner, uh, Victor Lopez of El Pollo Grill. I said, would you be willing to partner up and let's go take care of, you know, 70 postal workers. We brought food. We shared it online. We made the video and back to, you know, spreading kindness through media. When you do that, it inspires our customers, Victor's customers, the community to go, well, I can't do anything right now, but I can donate. And I want to donate and figure out how can you go help more people. And what we did is we turned that into going to feeding first responders um, and feeding ICU units. So we made an initiative between two local restaurants to feed as many ICU units in San Diego as we can. And now with the thanks to Toast, um, we're going to continue to do that. Just yesterday, we made a drop and we got a comment back on Facebook that, you know, a couple of the nurses cried because they felt so appreciated that someone would go out of their way. And what, why, you know, what they're doing to protect our community is we should be crying. So, yeah. Awesome. So, so Sean had, um, had his mentor, um, suggest this. Uh, I grew up with a father that believed in giving back and, um, you know, you run into people that say, uh, you know, I don't have the cooking gene or I can't do this or golf or whatever, but you can learn those things. You can learn to be someone that gives back to your community. We all have to live here. And from the beginning, when I knew that I had some kind of voice because I had some presence in the media, that made sense to me to do it. And the more I did it, you always feel better. The, you know, I do this for, I do a charity event, I give to some organization and they benefit, they feel good. Honestly, I feel better inside because of it. But the, the, the crazy thing is, is that the more you do it, the more it happens, but you don't have to, you don't have to have a platform. You don't have to have a restaurant or a media face to be able to do this stuff. I do it because it's the right thing to do because it's what I was taught. It's because of how great I feel. But I also hope that when people see me do stuff, they'll go, well, if this guy can do it, honey, maybe we should be doing something. And something can be as little as checking on an elderly neighbor that lives on your street. We have to care about each other. We really, really do. You just can't drive past and ignore everything that's in the world. You know, I feel like there was a time when I was maybe a little bit like that. And my thinking changed. I don't know what caused it. But you never know what kind of day somebody's having, what's going on in their lives. Doing the right thing, making a difference is all that matters because the reality is when this world ends for all of us and it certainly will we're never all gonna we're never gonna be here forever what are you gonna not gonna remember the the money in the bank the fancy cars the vacation homes the cruises and stuff that you took you're gonna remember what's in your heart and i think about that all the time and i tell my kids and i try not to be corny with it but that's the stuff that you will remember but more importantly having kindness done for somebody that's what they remember a nurse crying because he brought you know his barbecue to their place is an amazing thing 
It really is. Who knew you could make somebody cry with barbecue, right? And it's it's happening. So we have to do this. It's a mindset. And if you don't have that mindset, figure out a way to get it in there. Start small. Yeah, I love the fact that you guys are spreading kindness. And the bigger thing is you're, you're leading by example. Right. And, you know, people see that. People witness it. Um, and I think that's tremendous. You know, as we start to wrap up, um, any any last comments uh, that you'd like to make for the toasters? You know, we've got an army of 1,500, 1,600 toasters listening to this broadcast, but any parting comments? Yes, make toast differently. Don't make the same thing all the time. We've given you five examples here. Bust out of your shell. Yes, toast is delicious. By itself, but think about changing it up. All right, we're gonna have to run a poll, Sam. We're gonna have to run a poll. Is it is it the Captain Crunch toast versus the mushroom toast? Well, you've got five. We'll take a picture from the top, and then maybe you can see what people like the idea. We'll run a poll, and we'll give you the feedback on the most popular toast. But as I'm looking at all this, I think this is potentially a uh, a YouTube episode, not just uh, TikTok. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm going to go after the dim sum, the dim sum. I would, yeah. And Sean, any parting words for for our audience from you? It's it's basically what we say on every podcast. It's what my grandfather taught me. It's stay curious, get involved, and ask for help. You know, you're curious because you're part of a great company. I mean, it's so many people go to work and they hate their job. I mean, if you're part of Toast, I mean, the people that I've worked with, everybody has just been so incredible, mission-driven, purpose-driven to help people like me, like Sam, that are trying to not just have restaurants, but build restaurants and hospitality into the future. You know, you're curious, but then you have to get involved. You know, you have your things that you have to do as your job, but do the things that are uncomfortable. You know, if you're not on social media, be on social media and follow the restaurants that are your accounts. Learn what they're doing. Listen to what they're doing. Find out what charities they're supporting. Um, And then finally ask for help. I mean, there's never been an easier time to reach out to people all over the globe. I mean, Sam, the cooking guy, accessible. He's hit him up on on Twitter, on Instagram, no matter where. TikTok. He's a better man than I am. We end up all of our podcasts usually by saying, don't don't eat shitty food. So not quite as meaningful, but the sentiment is there. Is there. Well, that works too. Well, well guys, listen. Stay on man. brand. How about that? Yeah. We both stay, stay on, on brand. brand. That's it. Guys, as soon as we all get shots in our arms, I look forward to visiting you. Look forward to it. Sean, I look forward to a morning walk. Love yes, that, sunrise uh, gratitude. Let's do it. Love it. You guys um, after for coffee and breakfast. Absolutely. And we'll make, we'll make more toast. We'll break some toast together. You got it. It's a deal. Thanks guys. Thanks Chris. Thank you so much. See you toasters.